This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hey everyone, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I am Robbie Lashua and I'm here with Tyler Hurley and we are ready to get into another topic today. Yes, this is a little different than what we've been talking about. Today we're going to be covering uh, the idea of Christians not growing weary, meaning uh, when you're under pressure for your faith or you're just, you're feeling weary as described in scripture throughout several examples we're going to talk about. Don't be discouraged. We're going to kind of crack that open a little bit for you guys today. Uh, But before we get into that, we are going to talk about coffee today. Christ culture and... Coffee. coffee. That's right. Uh, you don't have any coffee. No, I, I was in a little bit of a hurry today. I, yeah, I was, was a little tough. I just, as I was running out the door, I threw some French press into my coffee ah, mug. And yeah. dude, uh, I hate to say this, but I heated it up in the microwave. I know, <laughs> I, but I didn't have time. I didn't have yeah, time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, I actually had a guy at yeah. church telling me, oh yeah, so I hear, you know, that you always heat it up on the stove and not the microwave. And then what was the other thing he told me this past Sunday? Yeah. He was telling me something that we'd talked about a few months yeah, ago. Just and I'm like, you're like I yeah, I don't do that all the time, but it is a good tip, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. yeah well, uh, that's the thing, you know, we share so many things that we've done in our lives over the, the yeah. past couple of years that like people are going to know things that we don't even know about ourselves. Yep, that's yeah. true. But anyways, yeah. all right, let's get it. What's the coffee tip for today, Tyler? Yes, the coffee tip for today is really cool. So uh, kind of a fun fact for you guys that there are, Different brands of coffee that have different amounts of caffeine in them, um, as far as major oh, brands. Okay. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people wouldn't realize this. You would kind of just think, oh, uh, it just depends on the type of bean, right? That's what sure. you would think. But there's a lot that goes into it, how it's roasted and mm-hmm. how it's like just prepared in general, where it's grown, all those things. Okay. So, uh, But the thing is, is these specific brands have different amounts of caffeine in them that I'm going to list here. Okay. So the number one leading brand is Starbucks. At 20 milligrams per fluid, 20.6 milligrams per fluid ounce of coffee. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, And then Pete's coffee has 16.7. That's the next one per fluid ounce. Caribou coffee at 15. Okay. Dunkin' Donuts at 12.7. Quite a dip there. Yeah. And then Seattle's best at 10.4 and McDonald's 9.1. Interesting. So you'd have to drink... You'd have to drink two cups of McDonald's coffee to get the equivalent of caffeine in one cup of Starbucks yeah. coffee. Wow. That, that's shocking, right? It well, is. It is, still might be yeah. cheaper, though, to buy two cups of McDonald's coffee. It probably coffee. is. <laughs> but the thing is, is uh, McDonald's, like, uh, it's actually, their coffee's pretty good, surprisingly. It a is. It tastes pretty It that. tastes pretty good, actually. Yeah, you, you have low expectations because of, like, it's just yeah. cheap fast food. But, but it's, it's really good. It's great, yeah. So that's why, like, that's another one of the brands on here that's listed because, like, it's a good place. But still, like, that being said, um, it's only half that of Starbucks. Wow. So it, it's just something to think about. If you're wanting more caffeine, caffeine and you have these brands to choose from uh, my common one is Dunkin' just because mm-hmm. i live right next to one uh but that's still like uh gosh eight milligrams less yeah than uh, like than starbucks. starbucks so it's just crazy so starbucks really has uh the top amount of caffeine 
So Over all these cups of coffee are not created equal. That's what you're it's telling true. me. They're you're not all the right. same caffeine. All yeah. Cups of coffee are not created equal. So uh, it's that's good to know. a yeah, fun little coffee fact for you guys today. Uh, just something to think about when you're looking at these brands of what coffee you're drinking. So. Yeah, knowing if you need more caffeine, where to go, where yeah. not to go. So exactly. Yeah, that's pretty go. cool, man. Thanks if you for want, that. you know, less caffeine, but you hate decaf like us, um, mm. you could just get McDonald's. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move into the meat of the podcast mm -hmm. uh today um so uh last week two weeks ago uh sometime i we got a we got a uh instagram message mm -hmm. from a lady and i want to read a portion of the message uh to everyone because <clears throat> basically we made this podcast in a response to her message yeah so this is from a lady named courtney and this is what she said i'm a public school teacher in minnesota and my fiance is a pilot for delta our career worlds are totally different right now with politics and the whole equity fight. I am surrounded by a progressive culture and am in a constant battle of wanting to go to work. I used to love my job and felt secure in who I was there, but now I feel ashamed as a conservative Christian and have been called harmful names for being who I am. I've been trying to find podcasts with advice for this and have found some, but would love if you guys could speak to this. I have deep roots where I am right now as I teach and coach at my district, but I am struggling with owning my identity as a Christian. Mm, yeah. And so I thought, man, we should take an episode, especially, uh, <laughs> I don't know how you're feeling, but with June being Pride Month, uh -huh. I feel like this year it is just getting crammed down our throats. Everywhere I turn, yeah, yeah. there is just reminders of that and this is becoming quite quickly mm -hmm. you know our nation's national holiday and it's not just a day it's a month yeah um, yeah so i don't know it's, it's easy it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy when at work or other places mm -hmm. you feel like you are being um light grade persecuted i would say because i don't yeah, think yeah. being called names is persecution but you're being <clears throat> you're being um antagonized for your faith yeah, yeah. Right? And, and you're and being well, treat, mistreated for your Exactly. Faith. And like you said, too, it's coming to a point where uh, in a lot of situations, too, uh, especially, too, with like Pride Month, that's another mm -hmm. aspect of it. It's um, it's coming to a point culturally where if you don't even, well, if you, you can't even slip by without not saying anything about it. Sure. It's, it's nearly impossible to do that because sure. people <clears throat> want a response from you with uh, the way that the culture is moving. Like you said, like it's a big thing happening right now and it's like there's other areas like that right now where the culture is moving mm -hmm. where they're demanding a response out of us for something whenever anything happens right yeah uh, like with um last year with uh, black lives matter stuff happening sure. right um or with uh like politics right mm -hmm. like people demand a response out of you so uh, it, it's going to come to a point in our lives <clears throat> where we're going to be pressed and asked about what we believe and yes. why we believe it well and we're yeah and we're also going to be pressed to draw a line in the sand somewhere uh -huh. like, i recently was you listening have to. yeah i was listening to a guy um talking about just even pronouns you know and how people at different corporations are yeah. making you pick your preferred pronoun mm -hmm. in your emails and you have to state it in your corporate emails and his advice was say my sex is male i don't have a preferred pronoun that's but yeah, we got yeah. because we have to draw a line in the sand somewhere of saying i'm not gonna lie about reality anymore and i'm not gonna play these games but it gets tough and it could cost you your job and it could cost you friends and it could cost you mm -hmm. credibility or whatever you that's know, happening at my work actually yeah they're having a, people in their email signatures they're having their preferred pronouns mm. 
So, and that's just the thing. It's like, but that's the, the issue with that, that you have to understand is that, um, it's, it's that it goes back to that. They're demanding a response from you. Yeah. That's you have happening. to play along in the game. You have to, when you're saying, I don't even believe in that type of a worldview. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't, I can't be passive about it anymore. You no, have to draw a line in the sand and we don't like have to said. be mean or belligerent. About of course. It. Yeah. But it, it gets tough, man. Like I was really reminded last week I was, um, I went up to Arizona Christian university, right? Okay. Summit ministries was here. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. So, so yeah. at my friend, Alan Schleeman from Santa reason, he was over there as the resident scholar for two weeks and uh, summit is a really great ministry. They run um, uh, summer camps basically for 16-year-olds through 22-year-olds, mm-hmm. I think. And it is like an apologetics two-week intensive camp where you're in class six hours a day. And you do a lot of fun stuff too, but you're learning apologetics. And they get all the best apologists from the nation to come and speak at it. So I went up there and I listened to Christopher Yuan, uh, who is a professor at Moody. He's an ex-homosexual. Mm. Um, he became a believer while he was in prison by taking a tra- uh, Bible out of the trash can. Um, but his parents were believers and praying for him the whole time. Anyways, he's written all these really great books like Holy Sexuality, and he's written a book with his mom on his story and everything. So anyways, I'm sitting there listening to him talk about the trans movement and homosexuality and desires and how we don't have to give in to every desire we have, right? And what mm. the Christian view is. And then I left there, Tyler, and I went to Starbucks like five minutes from the campus and I walk in and everything was decorated in rainbows and they had the transgender flag and they had the the gay pride, you know, rainbow flag hung up and love is love and all this stuff. And I was just like, I'm living in such a bizarre world (laughs) where five minutes from each other, there were these diametrically opposed worldviews about sexuality. Yeah. It was just, it's so crazy. And you go right across the street and look what's there. Yeah. And yeah. But it can be, it can be overwhelming Yeah, and it can be discouraging to us as Christians, especially when we're being mistreated in our jobs or, or within our families or within mm-hmm. our friend groups. So we want to talk about that today, right? What are, what are we yeah. going to do with this type of issue? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, today we want to focus on three biblical principles that will help us into dealing with with these times of pressure and persecution. Yeah. And so, Robbie, you're going to share the first principle with us today. What is the first principle? Okay, so I think biblical principle number one the, that that I go to when I'm feeling discouraged, because we're all mm-hmm. we're all going to feel like this. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, get over it. Stop feeling like that. No, you, you're going to feel the pressure. Yeah. So what do we do when it happens, not if, because it will happen. Mm-hmm. So when I feel like this... One of the things that I do is I remind myself that I need to have realistic expectations. Mm. Okay? Yeah, that's a good... We need, principle number one, we need to have realistic expectations. And there's two parts to that. Realistic expectation number one is that we will have trouble in this world. We need to be reminded of this. I want to read to you uh, some of the words of... Uh, a guy I think most of us are pretty familiar with, Jesus Christ. No, what? Who's that? No. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is this is straight from Jesus. This is one of the things he told his disciples the night before he was killed. All right? This is hours before he's arrested in his trial. Yeah. Listen to what he says here. John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, you know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you, uh, would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. 
If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Mm. So Jesus is telling his 11 disciples at this point, listen, the world hates me. They're going to hate you. Yeah. The world persecuted me. And it, so the ones who persecuted me, look, they're going to persecute you guys. The ones who listen to what I said, they'll probably listen to you guys. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that if the world has hated Christ, his followers will probably be hated as well. If they persecuted him, they probably will persecute us too. So I love, I don't know, Tyler, this, this is just like encouraging to me because Jesus was really honest with us about what was going to happen. Yeah. Hatred and persecution should not surprise us. Realistic expectation number one, mm-hmm. we are going to have trouble in this world. Yeah. And Jesus was honest and transparent about it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's the thing. It just, you have to realize that, and it's, it sucks because we, the thing is, is uh, what we're trying to say is yes, like we're not denying that what you're going through is tough. It can be tough when you're it put, is tough, put yes. in these situations. Uh, but the thing is, is we have to be realistic we, with ourselves. We can't lie to ourselves and say uh, that our life is just going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't surprise us when yeah. we have trouble because Jesus told us it was happening. Exactly. It was exactly. going to happen. Yeah. And so I'm going to talk about the second realistic expectation that we need to have with yes. this. And when we have to have the second one with the first one, or otherwise yes. it's just depressing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. And it's not all... all Depressing. The other realistic expectation we need to have is that Jesus has overcome the world already. Yes, that's huge. He has overcome the world. Like he said before, right? He was hated, right? Yep. He was where we, we're at with per, the stage of persecution. As yep. he said, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. <laughs> yeah. He's promising you'll be persecuted. And on top of that, in the same way we're persecuted with him, yep. we're also overcomers with him. Yes. He overcame the world for us. So we can take heart in that, right? I'm going to read uh, John 16, 33, where he talks about this. It says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's awesome. See, and that's the realistic expectation we need to have, right? It's not just that we're going to face persecution, but that he has already overcome that for us. Yes. Yes. And so and he says, you, you're going to have, you're going to yeah. have it. Yeah, it's a promise. That's a thing. So yeah. we're not supposed to focus on the lack of tribulation. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to focus on we will have it, but Jesus has overcome the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, and that's a th- the key point, right? Jesus has already conquered it. He, mm-hmm. He's conquered the world. The fight's been won. World powers, though, as we're talking about, they're grasping at anything they can tear down on their way. Yeah. Uh, because the thing is, is Jesus won, right? Mm-hmm. The world's... It, it literally said the world's going to hate you for that. Well, the passage that you read, yeah. it's like the world will hate you because I chose you out of the world. Yeah. So that's the thing that we need to realize as these we're making these expectations is we got to be realistic. Like, like we're going to be hated. It's natural. But Jesus has already won and we are called to stand firm in that. That's the key. Yeah. We're going to have problems. Jesus has overcome. So we got to keep focused on that, that the battle's already won. But while we're here in this world, yeah. in the tribulation, mm-hmm. yeah, we have to stand firm. Um, one of, one passage I, I love going to is Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And and this is a popular um, uh passage with a lot of Christians because it's the uh, it's the armor of God right mm-hmm. um, but I want to read a little bit of that <clears throat> and I want I want to focus on the words standing firm all right standing mm. um, Paul says Ephesians uh, 6:10 finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then he goes on listing all of those things. But the point is, it's, it's fascinating, Tyler, because mm. typically when uh, soldiers go into battle, they don't just stand there. Yeah. You ever thought about that? That's they true. do not just stand, they advance. We're mm-hmm. never told in this to advance. And you know why? It's because Jesus has already won the ground. Mm, and yeah. our job is to stand firm on what Jesus has already conquered. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's huge, man. So mm-hmm. we're supposed to stand firm. But listen, we can't think that there's not going to be fiery arrows of the devil coming mm-hmm. at us. We can't think that there's not going to be tribulation and problems, you know? I was thinking about Courtney's uh, Instagram message, and I was like, man... Jesus was made fun of and called names. Yeah. Right? Jesus was mocked by his mm-hmm. own people. Jesus was mocked by his own family. Right? Yeah. So the yeah. things he went through are similar, Courtney, to the things that you're going through at work. Mm-hmm. But we take heart because he's overcome the world and we stand firm in who we are in Christ. So absolutely. Yeah. Principle yeah. number one, we got to have realistic expectations and they have to be that we're going to have trouble in this world, mm-hmm. but Jesus has overcome so we can take heart yes, in that. Yes, of course. And, and so uh, now that's going to move us on though, to the next principle, principle number two. Uh, and th- th- again, this isn't to, uh, undermine what's happening to you personally or anything that you're going through, because like we said, like tribulation, pressure, persecution, it's tough. Yep. But something we need to remember is principle number two. It is never as bad as it feels. Yes. I remind now, myself of this all the time. Yeah. And you know, that, that's a tough one for me to swallow a lot of times. Cause when you read something like that, like, or hear something where you said like, Oh, it, it could be worse. Right. Or yeah. like oftentimes you'll hear that from people. It sounds like a cop out, right? Sure. Of course it can be worse. It can always be worse. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is no, like there's actually like <clears throat> a principle that we need to take out of this that like we've seen through scripture and examples that it is never as bad as it really feels. Yeah, I remind myself of this all the time because when I start feeling discouraged or <clears throat> downtrodden, right? There's an old word. Uh, whenever I'm feeling like that, I I jump to um, what I would call like extreme oversimplifications, <laughs> extreme mm-hmm. over-exaggerations. And I start saying like, it's always, everybody, things like that. Yeah, And it's like, no, it's not yeah. always it's not everybody, Robbie. It's never as bad as it feels. And that's why I think we said feels here. Mm. Because our feelings don't dictate reality all of the time. And so <clears throat> we need to remember to have realistic expectations, but we also have to remember it's never as bad as it feels. And one of the guys <clears throat> who I look to to remind myself of this is one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. Elijah. This guy was a stud. Um, You should go read 1 Kings and read about Elijah. Unbelievable, unbelievable person. Um, In in one of the famous stories, uh, you know, he's he's battling against Jezebel and Ahab, right? This evil king and queen in Israel. 
And they're worshiping Baals and, and all these other false gods. And so he challenges them, right, to Mount Carmel and says, listen, let's see whose God is real. You come out and bring all your Baal priests and we'll cry out to Baal to light an offering. And yeah. then we'll cry out to Yahweh to light an offering. Whoever lights the offering, that's the real God. Mm-hmm. So I love the story, right? The Baal priests are out there. They're whipping themselves to death yeah. for hours and hours, crying out to Baal. And this altar that they built with a sacrifice on it doesn't light on fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then Elijah makes fun of them and he says, where is he? Is he sleeping? Did he yeah. go on vacation? Is he in the bathroom? Yeah. I mean, these are literally, he right? does say that, he's yeah. mocking them. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> and then it's, it's Elijah's turn and he gets down and, and he says, first, before I pray, I want you to dump water all over the sacrifice. Right? Yeah. Right. Just, and, and you know what? Dig a trench and let's fill it up. Let's make a moat of water. Now he's getting cocky. Yeah, yeah. He's getting, yeah, very cocky. <clears throat> so they fill it up. They put water all over this thing and then he gets down and he prays. And it says that just a fireball comes out of heaven and licks up all the water and obliterates the the altar and and the right of and course. the sacrifice. Yep. And at this, the people see Yahweh's the real God, and mm-hmm. Elijah stands up and says, "Kill them all!" <laughs> right? And, and they kill all the Baal priests. They kill. Yep. I think it's like four hundred priests of Baal. They slaughtered yeah. on the mountain that day because well, they're a false god. Right. Well, that's what they were commanded to do. Right. Because because yeah. false prophets. Like they cause destruction and you have yep. to shut them down. Like that's a problem. Yep. So yeah, that was good. So this, yeah. you would, you would say that's kind of a victory for Elijah, right? Yeah. Okay. This is what happens immediately after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jezebel hears what happened and she's, she's ticked. She writes a letter and it basically says, um, may God do to me what you did to my priest. If at this time tomorrow you're still alive. The threat, right? Yep. He freaks out. He runs away into the wilderness um, and he goes into like a depression, like people sometimes wonder if he was bipolar mm-hmm. because of this. So he's out there and he's, what was me? I, God, why don't you just kill me? He's going to like yep. suicidal thoughts. <clears throat> and then, um, an angel comes and gives him some food. I love it. He doesn't even talk with him. He's just like, you need to eat something, man. It's like those Snickers commercials. Oh yeah. You're like not you're not you and you're hungry. You're hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you see right. something? He eats and he goes, so an angel's there and he's like, yeah, whatever he eats. He goes back to sleep. <laughs> And then the angel's there again to give him some more food. He eats and goes back to sleep. And then he goes to uh, uh, what is Mount Sinai. <clears throat> and he gets there. And what happens is he goes up in the mountain and God comes to him and he says, what are you doing here? And Elijah's ticked. And so he goes on a rant. And then God doesn't answer him. But then there's the whole, you know, the earthquake, the fire. God's mm-hmm. not in it. God's not in it. But a still small voice comes. And then you're going to read uh, the, this this portion of scripture we yes. want to really zone in on, <laughs> yes. which is right after all of that's happened. Mm-hmm. And then in 1 Kings 19, 13 through 18, <clears throat> says, And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Then he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. The Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazel king over Aram, and Jehu, son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Meloha, there we go, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall come about the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel, Jehu shall put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, 
and every mouth that has not kissed him. Yeah. Look this at is that. awesome. Yeah. I love I love this. Mm-hmm. He is just distraught and he's well, sad yeah. and he's mad. Yeah, right? exactly. And you see here, God allows him to vent. He yes. allows him to pour everything out, right? Yep. And I think I think that's something that we need to take away from this, right? That's something that's important is that God is there for him to just let it all out. And like he's even saying he's like he's like like what are you doing? Like, like earlier like he's kind of just like 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 comforting him through this whole process. You mm-hmm. can see he's like and it's kind of silly if you think about it literally like you mentioned it before. An angel comes, gives him food. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, poor me, poor me." Falls asleep <laughs> while he's eating. Yeah. Wakes up, angel gives him more food. Ah, oh, poor me, poor me. falls. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, and then and he gets to the mountain. We didn't cuz yeah, yeah. we didn't want to have to read 1 Kings 19 oh, well, all the course, way through. Yeah. But he gets to the mountain and Right when he gets there, God says, what are you doing here? And I know you read that. Yeah, yeah. But he says that very thing earlier. And it's crazy because Elijah says the exact same speech that he says in verse 14. I've been very zealous for the Lord. The God of he's, he's like got this prepared, I'm really angry. And here's my case against what you're doing, man. Yeah. Like, I'm upset with you. And here's my reasons because he says is, it twice. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing, too. It's just interesting. You see he's just pouring out how he feels to God, like, like yep. about him, too. Yep. And he's like, God, you, like... I feel like you were to blame for this. And I'm telling you that why is this happening? Yeah. That's essentially what's going well, on. Well, and now let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So God lets him vent. Uh-huh. Doesn't get angry with of him. Of course, yeah. But what's God's response to his venting? Yeah, that's the thing. God still had work for Elijah to do, right? He just tells him, that's now I thing. want you to go do He's this. He's like, look, go ahead and do this. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's like, okay. You, you good? Yeah. All right, now go do, go yeah. do this. Go do this. That's how it is. Yeah. Not, oh, poor Elijah. Right? That's the thing. He's, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. He's like, Let's if go. you feel alone right now, I have work for you to do. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's the thing. So God let Elijah know that what he was feeling was not true. Mm-hmm. And then he, and that there were 7,000 other Israelites who were also faithful to God. Yeah, that hadn't nail, uh, uh, knelt mm-hmm. down and bowed down to Baal, right? Yeah. 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 And I love that uh-huh. because... He says, it literally in his speech, man, he says, I alone am left, and they seek yeah, my life to take it away. I'm so the happens, only yeah. one going through. You're not the only one, right? There's, like 7, there's 7,000 other people, other people yeah. who, who are going through the same thing and who are still being faithful to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes, going back to the it's never as bad as it feels, mm, a lot of yeah. times when we are feeling emotionally down, it's really easy for us to over-exaggerate our circumstances. hmm and be like Elijah is. And it's good to remember, no, no, no. There are a lot of Christians out there who are going through similar things. In fact, worldwide, there are a lot of Christians out there who are going way worse things. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. are staying strong in the faith. And they're not bowing their knee to Pride Month or to abortion or to whatever the yeah. new political agenda is or whatever the, the newest craze of the cosmic powers of the world are, right? Mm-hmm. They're staying faithful to the Lord. I'm not the only one that's going well, through this. Well, it can. And, and the thing is, uh, something that we have to recognize, at least for those of us in the U.S., um, you, you don't legally have to. Uh, do all the uh, indulge in all sure, these things. Sure. You don't have to partake in Pride Month, but yes, you are going to get bullied. Probably that's yeah. going to happen. You're going to get shamed for it. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, we are pr- privileged in a sense that, like, we don't. We aren't going to be thrown in jail over it. Not yet, at least. Yep. We're not going to like, like, right, like. There's things. It can always be worse, and that's what we <clears> talked <throat> about. And right, right, like, it's not. And it's not just a cop out. Like, it really can be worse. And the thing it is, can. is we have to 
take that to heart and realize, like, look, it's not as bad as what we're feeling right now. We're not, our lives aren't in danger. No, we we're still, not even in Elijah's position. No, we're not. Like he's being chased down he's by being the queen. He's being chased down by a murderer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, so that's the thing. We're not being like persecuted by death. Yep. Right. Uh, and that's something to really take hold of. And it's, it's something that we need to, um, just lean into Jesus with, right? Mm-hmm. Cause again, we need to keep going back to that, that first principle we talked about Yes, that he, he, that we're going to face persecution, but that he has overcome it. Yep. That's what we need to remember. Yep. And, that, and yeah. And, and when we think about, it's not always as bad as it feels. Mm. Let's say, let's say it gets crazy. Let's sure. say in our lifetime, we first of all, it's nothing new. Christians have been being killed for their faith yeah, since the beginning yeah. of Christianity. Right, like our founder was killed for mm-hmm. what he believed. It's true. So there you have that. Yeah, right? yeah. But let's say, okay, it gets to the point where we are persecuted um, to death yeah, for to this. Because I think you're right. Like we have freedom still in this country, and sure, <clears throat> there's legalities. However, mm-hmm. what we are seeing rise up isn't so much. Um, a uh, hard totalitarianism or like um, a tyrannical mm-hmm. government. What we have is a soft totalitarian culture. Yeah. So it's not yeah. it's not like government coming down so, hard on us. It's correct. culture pressure. This is a cultural us. persecution. Yeah. Yeah. This and is not a government persecution. Yeah. So you can yeah. be you can be fired from your job for not giving the pronouns that you want to use. You really could. Yeah. You could, yeah. I know people that are. I mean, so mm-hmm. so th- this is happening. You could be bullied from other people as to oh you're just so backwards minded. You're so bigoted. Absolutely. And, and so you yeah, can call so that's names. not to discredit that. That yeah. is absolutely. And so happening. it's not so much legally. It's just uh, pressure from your peers and your oh yeah your, your yeah. culture at large you know and that's not fun either mm. but um it's not as bad as it feels because uh there's other christians out there who are facing the same things and who are choosing to stand on truth instead of crumbling under the pressure of culture mm. and we we can't do that we can't crumble because we're standing on christ we're standing on the rock and that doesn't shift or shake mm-hmm. no matter how much culture is is blowing wind at us or, or beating us down. Yeah. And so we've got to stand on truth and not succumb to live by lies and not succumb to uh, indulge fantasy worldviews, right? We need to stand up for what's real and honor our king in that. Mm-hmm. And, there's a, and, and the nice thing is, man, there's so many brothers in arms that do it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. literally not like it's only you. There's so many of us that want to stand up for Christ. So, yeah. Principle number three. Now, all right. There you go. Okay. So, and this is again, this is kind of shocking. And when we have a robust view of suffering and the theology of suffering, it's all over the place. Like I didn't even mention scriptures in here. Like you know, in James, he says, "Consider it all joy, brothers, when you endure suffering." Yeah. Yeah. What? P- Peter talks about that, right? Um, so suffering isn't a bad thing. We are going to have yeah. tribulations, well, but Christ is overcome. You're right. And then even the whole book of Philippians, pretty much like that, like that yeah. Paul is being persecuted. He's in prison. And so yep. it's like, and he talks about throughout that whole path, like that whole book, it's like rejoice, right? And all rejoice. Things. Yep. And so that, that's the thing. So there's so much in scripture about this, right? Because yes. this is happening to the early Christians. Like it's mm-hmm. happening a lot. So they're talking about it and they're they saying, were literally, Look. dude, they were getting thrown in the Colosseum to lions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they're saying, Hey, rejoice in your, in your suffering, rejoice in persecution. Mm-hmm. Like that's a whole different level than what we've experienced. However, yeah, yeah. we should be preparing our minds for that. We might not ever go through it, but if we did, could we, mm-hmm. could we stand firm? 
right? Yeah. That's the question. So principle number three, I think that we've really got to soak in. We've really got to let the Lord um, uh, take deep root down in our hearts with is that we are to press on joyfully. Mm-hmm. Press on joyfully. So <clears throat> I want to read from the Sermon on the Mount. This is near the beginning of it. Matthew 11, uh, uh, Matthew 5, 11 through 12. So this is right after, this is like the last of the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. all right? Matthew 5, 11 through 12. Jesus says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Mm. Now that's the key, right? And Peter actually, he he talks about this. He says, listen, if you're being persecuted because you're an idiot, that's not being persecuted for Jesus, (laughs) right? And you want to talk about a guy who knew what that was like, (laughs) being persecuted for being an idiot. Um, But Jesus is saying, listen, you are blessed when people insult when people persecute, when people falsely accuse and say all kinds of nasty mm-hmm. things about you because of Jesus. Yes. Because yes. of your affiliation with him, because you're standing on what he said and his word. Yeah, you're exactly. blessed, he says. Blessed. You are. You are. It's Is true. that crazy? So you go, wait a second. Okay, so I'm blessed. How am I blessed? Well, verse 12, listen to what he says. Mm-hmm. Rejoice, right? Have joy. Rejoice and be glad because your reward in heaven is great. Mm -hmm. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this is awesome, man. When you are insulted, when people call you names at work because of your conservative Christian values or your stance on politics or whatever it is, when people persecute you because of the name of Jesus and your beliefs Mm -hmm. in Jesus— you're blessed and you should rejoice. That's yeah, what we're called yeah. to do. So what do we do when persecution happens? We rejoice. We rejoice because we know that our reward in heaven is great. When we endure persecution for Jesus, we are storing up treasures in heaven. He says that in the same speech. Mm-hmm. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where thieves can't steal it and moths can't ruin it and rust can't ruin it, right? Yeah, yeah. Store up Absolutely. treasure in heaven. This is one of the ways yeah. we do it. When we are faithful during persecution and during slander and during all kinds of evil that are set against us for Jesus' sake, and we mm-hmm. rejoice in it. Yeah, Suffering... Yeah. In the Christian life, the, the the response of suffering in the Christian life should be rejoicing and not, oh, I'm happy this is happening. Of course, you're not happy it's happening. But joy is something that's bigger than a happy emotion. It's deep-seated uh, hope in what Jesus is doing and knowing that it's real. And because of that, nothing can shake our joy, mm, right? Yeah. So the, the response of Christians during suffering is to rejoice, rejoice. Yeah, yeah. that's a practice I think... Uh, um if we focus more on that, right? Let mm-hmm. go through prayer and meditation. Maybe you could even ask God, hey, Lord, help me to have joy in this, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the thing, because uh, that's something that we can do, right? I mean, it is. Lot, like that's what was happening earlier, what we were just well, talking about. You can vent, you can ask the Lord, hey, give me joy in yes. this. And, and he'll he's, give it to you. And he will. Yeah. And he's there to strengthen us. One, one story I want to tell. Yeah. Um, so my mentor, we've had him on the show a few times, Clay Jones, mm-hmm. um, just a wonderful man of God. And he he talks a lot about suffering well, right? And it's not just suffering when other people are mean to you, but we also suffer with diseases, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with death and things like that. So he was saying, and this was years ago, but he uh, 
he went into the doctor because he was having some problems, and it, they found out he actually had cancer. Mm-hmm. And so he, he tells a story about how the doctor called to tell him, yeah, it's positive, you totally have cancer. And he was on uh, the phone line downstairs, and his wife was on the phone line upstairs. And the doctor gave him the bad report mm. that you've you've got cancer, and we got to start treatment. And right. And he said that in that moment, you know, his wife came down, and they were both in tears. And... He said that they hugged and they prayed, and he said, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for this suffering. Thank you for allowing me to have joy and to experience suffering and experience trust in you. And it's crazy, man, because he he told me in our mentoring group, he said, you know, that's probably the greatest thing I've ever done in my life, Hmm. is in the face of extreme suffering, rejoice. And so I, I, I do think that that is the theology of suffering. That's the Christian response. Yeah, is we have course. to rejoice in suffering. Yeah, and that's that's the key, right? And that, yep. it's rejoicing in what we're going through. And that, yep. that's not just uh, when bad stuff is happening to us. It's also in rejo- well in response to when we're doing good, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that happens a lot. So uh, Scripture even says in the Galatians. Uh, not to grow weary in doing good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read Galatians. Uh, this is um, 6, 7 through 10. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the, will, will sow from the spirit sorry, will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So Mm -hmm. what that's saying is it's like saying, look, the work you put in spiritually, you what you put in, you will get that rewarded. Yeah. The Lord will reward you for being obedient to him. Yep. You, you, right. Like it's saying here, like, yeah, like it's meaningless to put your, um, your effort into things of this world, right? So into the flesh, mm-hmm. you will reap corruption. That's what yes. it says. But if you were focused on the spiritual, if you were focused on standing strong in obedience with the Lord, yep. you will be rewarded for that. And suffering is an aspect of that, It right? is. It is an aspect And, and joyfully rejoicing. And I, I do love this passage, man. I think about this. This is probably the passage I think about the most when I'm getting down is don't grow weary in doing good, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't grow weary in doing good. Because to be honest, it gets tiring to mm-hmm. keep doing the right thing. Yeah. It does. It gets tiring, man. And like when the whole world seems like against you, like um, I'll tell you the story. So last week, my wife and my daughter walked to the mailbox to get mail, right? Mm-hmm. And I, my daughter's nine years old. And um, <clears throat> the last house on our street, I didn't know this until my wife told me, but the last house on our street had a huge rainbow flag, you know, okay. hung up out front yeah. of it. And my daughter's nine, so she she loves unicorns and rainbows, right? Yeah, and right. And she goes, whoa, that's a cool-looking flag. And my wife was like, it is a cool-looking flag. You're right. Like, the rainbow's yeah. cool, good thing. And then my daughter said, why do they have a rainbow flag? Like, what's that for? She doesn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, right. And so my wife explained it to her. Like, well, mm-hmm. that symbolizes this idea in our culture about two men or two women being in love, but it's it's not biblical. And so we disagree with that because mm-hmm. it goes against what the Bible teaches. 
Yeah. And my daughter goes, oh, that is just so satanic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my wife, my wife said, well, we, I mean, Greta, listen. That's funny. We, but we love the people. That's what Kelly said. We love the people. And they're, they're deceived, That's you know, they're living, they're living a lie. Um, and so even though they're making a bad choice, we want to care about them because mm. God cares about them. They're made in the image of God, you know? Yeah. So they go yeah. to the mail, they come back and they're walking back past this house. Dude, this is so crazy. And then my wife said, as we're walking back, I looked at the, the license plate of the car that was parked in that parking lot. Mm-hmm. And it said S8 Tannic. Satanic. <laughs> and she's like, that's satanic. Yeah. My daughter's like, it's so satanic. Wow. Well, it's not satanic. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is so funny, you know. But oh, but I wow. hear these stories and like, man, like when I was nine years old, again, I'm from wow. a rural area, a small town, right? Mm-hmm. So like I didn't encounter any of that kind of thing. I didn't. And so yeah. it, it makes me it makes me get weary. Because I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, on my own street, my kids can't even walk to the mail without having an agenda pushed on them at nine years old. And we got yeah. to be having these, you know, kind of adult conversations with our little kids because of where we live. Like, so I, I'm not kidding you. I start thinking like, man, maybe I should move back back home. Maybe I should go back rural. Maybe I should get out of this crazy city. Well, here's the thing. We're never supposed to retreat as Christians and, mm. and be, you know, functional monks in our monasteries that aren't helping the world. This this right. passage is so great, man, because let us do good to all people and especially to those who are the household of faith. Mm. So we're supposed to be in the world doing what God's called us to do. Right. And my yeah. when I get weary, man, I just want to retreat. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I remember this verse, and don't grow weary in doing good. Don't just retreat back to the mountains where you think it's safe. Because the, the truth is, it's not safe there either, right? Yeah, <laughs> and And right. we're here to make a difference, but we can't grow weary. Mm. We can't grow yeah. weary. Yeah, uh, and something, something that's really important about all of this, too, is that— uh, Remember, too, we're not alone in this. You are not alone in this, Mm because that's something that's really important to remember. Uh, Not just, because obviously, yes, we have the principle we talked about that Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. He uh, promised that we're going to be persecuted and that he overcome the world, that principle, right? Yep. But on top of that, um, that's what the church is for, right? Yes. That's what the church is for. And I can't stress that enough. We, We did a podcast on it just a few weeks ago about that. But the thing is, is the church is meant for this, for encouragement, when you are feeling weary, when the world is pressing against you, yep. you're supposed to meet in person with your fellow believers. So that way you can talk to them about these things that you're going through. Yep. Like, and bear that's one what, another's burdens, bear one right? Another's Galatians burdens. says that. Yes. Yeah. And this is where it is so important and vital that we have good Christian community because you Absolutely. go through suffering like this, but you don't have to do it alone. Yep. And, and that's yeah. why, and that's why, like, I thought this was an important episode because th- next week we're going to get back into talking about sexuality yeah. and homosexuality and all these other things. But I thought, man, just because when I read Courtney's Instagram post, I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like this sometimes. I do too, and, and a lot of people do. I do it's too. Discouraging. Yeah. But we gotta believe in the principles of what the God of the universe has said. Um, and I love what in Timothy, right? Like scripture is good for doctrine, for reproof, for mm-hmm. correction, for training in righteousness, for encouragement, for all these things. And so I thought, let's get to the scriptures that can encourage <laughs> and help us to know how to train and do what we're called to do in this moment. Um, planning on and anticipating, you know what, it might even get crazier than this. Mm-hmm. But are we the type of Christians that are going to stand firm or are we, are we going to retreat? 
Are we gonna mm. Are we gonna leave? Are we gonna get too weary and just quit? Because honestly, man, I've I've seen a lot of people do that, where they get too beat down by the world, or they get too beat down by their fellow Christians that they just retreat and they quit. They surrender. Yeah, I don't think that that's what God's called us to do. No. And I'm not saying we're belligerent or we're mean-spirited or nothing like that. But we stand for what's true, and we love people even when they hate us. That's what yeah. we are called to do. So these three principles it just really helped me out. So principle number one, we have yeah. to have realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Realistic expectation number one, we're going to have trouble in the world. Realistic expectation number two, Jesus has overcome the world. <laughs> so yes. those are good, right? Uh-huh. Principle number two, it's never as bad as it feels. You might feel like you're the only one you're not. There's a lot of other believers around the world who are still being faithful to Jesus. And principle number three, we have to press on joyfully. Mm. We can't grow weary in doing good. And when we're persecuted for Jesus, we're supposed to rejoice and be glad, knowing Knowing that there's coming a day where we'll be rewarded for it. Knowing that the persecution we go through doesn't go unnoticed by God. Yeah. I think that's huge, man. It doesn't go unnoticed by God. And so, Christian, be encouraged that you being faithful to Jesus, it matters. It matters for your family. It matters for your church. It matters for those around you. And it matters for eternity because everything you do here is noticed by God for good or for bad. Mm -hmm. And he's going to reward us for the things we do that stand up for truth and stand up for him and love our neighbor as ourselves, like he's called us to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we could take courage in that and we could uh, find joy in that and we could find exciting expectation yeah, yeah, in that, course. right? Like it's a good thing. Um, so don't let the world beat you down. Stay in the word. <laughs> like yeah, stay in the yeah. word. Stay with fellow believers. Like you were saying, Tyler, it's so important when you got, start feeling this way. Um, but these are three principles. They really do help me when I begin to, yeah, of course. To get tired, to get beat down, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's it's same here. It's just, it's something we have to be constantly aware of and thinking about is how are we actively choosing joy? Mm-hmm. How are we, uh, how, like, are we talking to the Lord about this? Because in prayer, this is a very important aspect of that. Is yes. That's, that's, honestly, that's one of the main purposes and functions of prayer is to seek out wisdom and counsel from the Lord when we're facing times of tribulation like mm-hmm. this. And then also... Uh, that community aspect, like I said, it's so important that we're in community and that we're talking to people about this, uh, people who are fellow believers with us and who are going through the same thing. Because it, it's just like uh, what God was talking to um, uh, Elijah. Elijah, thank yeah. you. Elijah about is that, right? Like he wasn't the only one going through yeah. everything. There were 7,000 others in, yeah. in the city who were uh, he's, obedient. He's right? basically telling me, you're not that significant, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, right. it's true. Well, you, like, yeah, yeah. we're not. Like, we all right, go right. through this stuff. No, no, no temptation has overcome us. That's not common to man, yeah. right? Yeah. Including the temptation to think I'm the only faithful servant. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah. You're not. It's true. And it's going to be okay because our mm. king has already won. The battle's already over. We're just waiting for the inaugural parade, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's where course. we're at. So be encouraged, Christian. Yeah. Take heart. Don't grow weary in doing good. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the church the way that you're called to. And stand firm in what Christ has called you to do, even in the midst of persecution. Because yes. your reward in heaven will be great. Because the God who sees all and knows all notices all that yeah. you do. And it will be rewarded one day. So mm-hmm. I take courage in that. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we'll be back next week in continuing our series on sexuality.
If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.